Hi, I'm Phil Moorhart, Senior Editor of American Libraries, the magazine of the American Library Association, and this is Call Number with American Libraries. All eyes are on Washington, D.C. this week with the passage of the COVID-19 Relief Bill, also known as the American Rescue Plan Act. The relief checks for Americans, money for state and local governments, child tax credits, and vaccine funding contained within the bill are making the headlines. But the bill also affects much more of American life, including libraries. But how did that happen? How are libraries represented in U.S. government? Today, on this special bonus episode of Call Number with American Libraries, we look at library legislation and more at this particular moment in history. Shonda Hines, Assistant Director of Communications at the American Library Association's Public Policy and Advocacy Office in Washington, D.C., speaks with Congressman Andy Levine of Michigan's 9th District, a tireless library supporter, about his work on current library legislation, including the recent Build America's Libraries Act that he introduced in the House just this last week. They talk about that, how best to advocate for your library at the state and national level, and more. Just last week, you introduced the Build America's Libraries Act in the House of Representatives. So this is the companion bill to the same legislation in the Senate introduced by Jack Reed of Rhode Island. So could you tell us about this bill and, and also, share a little bit about the process. How did this move from the good idea stage to the introduction in the House? Well, I just felt like it was very important. I mean, Jack Reed and I sort of collaborate on libraries a lot. And um, I, our country has done a really poor job on maintaining our infrastructure. And this bill is basically saying... Libraries are a crucial part of our infrastructure, and building and renovating and modernizing and retrofitting libraries um, is important during this pandemic and to come out of the pandemic. Uh, we've got to uh, help our libraries deal with natural disasters and increase risk from uh, climate change. Um, a lot of our libraries need help on uh, infrastructure projects about internet access, um, energy and water efficiency, and indoor air quality and ventilation. Obviously, we know how important that is now with the pandemic. Yes. A lot of libraries need help there. Um, library staff and patrons in older buildings may be exposed to toxic substances, lead, mold, mildew. There may be issues with drinking water in libraries, as there are in so many schools and other buildings. A lot of libraries aren't fully accessible to people with disabilities, and they want to be. They need to be. Those folks need access, and we need to help them have the resources. So there's just so many needs, and the buildings are just old. I mean, you know, the average library building is more than 40 years old, and we used to also spend more on library. Uh, infrastructure and capital expenditures. Um, over the last decade, we spent a billion and a half dollars less than the decade before. So, you know, there's been a whole thing of Congress stopping what it used to do. 
I mean, we established a library construction fund in the year my hometown library was built, 1964. I don't know if it was built partly by the money. I don't know. But, you know, 30 years after that, in the mid-90s, we stopped that. And we kind of shifted to helping a little bit with library services, which we need to do, but buildings need attention too. And so that's the point of it, I guess. So why now? Why do you see this as the time to invest? There's so many reasons. I mean, certainly we, you know, to help with what the problems the pandemic has exposed, public health problems, access problems, um, equity problems. And the bill absolutely has an equity lens to it and orientation to it about, you know, helping communities that are poor, that have less access, uh, get extra funding. But this is, a t- this is an opportunity for our country to put millions of people back to work in good-paying jobs by doing things that pay big dividends. And, you know, if we can help modernize, rebuild, expand our libraries, make them safer and healthier, that is an end in itself. But frankly, it's a chance to put a lot of people to work in good jobs. It's all, you know, it really encompasses all parts of the country. And I hope it's just not at all partisan because I don't care if you're an independent or Democrat or Republican. You got a library in your community and you love it, I bet, you know, and you rely on it. So, and you don't think of it as a political thing. So let's hang on to those unifying institutions that are just about knowledge and safety and, you know, good information. And, you know, let's put people to work at a time when we most need to create good jobs to help people get through. What are the chances that this bill has of passing of unifying uh, decision makers? And what do advocates need to do to get support for the Bill Libraries Act? You know, I like our chances because we, we... if we get advocates really uh, pounding the pavement on this, burning up the phone lines, the emails, the texts, all the ways they have to communicate with their senators and representatives, uh, I, I think we have a good chance because one of the areas that we have most hope to find bipartisan common ground is infrastructure. And Secondly, we have an opportunity to pass things that are mostly about spending money to get things done, like fixing our libraries or expanding them uh, and other infrastructure. We have a special opportunity in the reconciliation process, and we are just going to vote on the the American Rescue Plan today here in the House and send it on to the president. But... That, that's about the budget year we're in the middle of, the fiscal year 2021 budget. The fiscal year 2022 budget starts on October 1st, and we got to get to work on that. And so you can count on this spring and summer us 
doing the work to get a second reconciliation package. So whether I don't think we'll get all the infrastructure work inside the reconciliation. So I think there will be probably two things. And we have a chance to either get the library piece into the reconciliation or into a larger infrastructure package. So I say let's go. Everybody who cares about public libraries should be. And you just the great thing is that librarians and people who love libraries, they don't have to worry about the technical details for how the legislation is passed. They just need, you know, to know it's the Build America's Libraries Act. It's S-127. It's H.R. 1581. And just uh, encourage their senators and representatives to support this. And then it's up to us and our staff to tuck it in wherever it can get passed. Um, I think it's more likely to be part of a package, in other words, than to just pass as a freestanding thing, um, which is fine. We just want to get it done. I'm so glad you said that because many advocates think, oh, I don't know if I should make that call or send that email because I'm not an expert in that bill. I don't remember the bill number necessarily even. I have to look that up. And so what you're saying is people don't need a special kind of expertise politically. They just need to have their voice. I'm going to even say something more strong than that, Shonda, actually. We get flooded with communications and we actually value the ones and we credit the ones and we treat them as more important. The ones that are from a person who's obviously writing on their own. So do we, are we impacted by mass emails that are obviously cookie cutter where some organization said, just stick your name on this and it's all automated and it go, you know, yeah, we do. We pay attention to them. But the letters, emails, phone calls, texts that are an individual library patron who's hearing my voice, you know, who lives in Wyoming, or I'm just making this up, you know, they call their two senators and their rep in Wyoming and say, you know what, I just heard this podcast and there's this bill and I love my library. And if you all are going to spend money on infrastructure, what you got to do this. This is a no brainer. You know, my library's really old. The more it has, you know, it's authentic, it's personal, it has details about their own situation. That, I'm telling you, people can be cynical if they want. That is gold around here because it's so, uh, and we, you know, a typical member of the House has someone called a legislative correspondent or an LC. And then we have someone in our district office and our DC office who answer phone calls. And so if you're sending a letter or email, you know, the LC will be the first one to see it. And they organize this information for us and they get it to us. And they, they clearly, I can tell you, they are very sharp to pick up, you know, the messages. And so it, it's funny that you say that because I think almost the person who feels less expert and, you know, is the, is the one who can have the biggest impact. So everybody just don't hesitate. Just get on, you know, get on the phone or get on your email. And also, let me say one more thing, Shonda. Mm -hmm. You know, mostly you contact us these days through our, our website has a contact form. Just go through whatever that is. Don't be intimidated by it. Believe me, the messages do come through. Um, so, 
just and and it's also it you may find that it varies like if everybody has two senators and one representative whatever their address is and the three of them may do it a little bit differently fine just go through it send it in it'll have a big impact here we are we've got a new fiscal year as you mentioned fy22 coming up um, in fy21 the institute of museum and library services received its eighth consecutive increase we're excited about that what other opportunities do you see not only for public libraries but for school academic and other kinds of libraries well i you know we were able to um include a library fund of 200 million dollars in the american rescue plan and that'll be through the library services technology act so that is just about to be finalized and it'll have a lot of options um i i think that that libraries can expand their power if they come together across you know across their different institutional forms and support each other um whether they're in a school in a university uh, a freestanding public library and i also really recommend people getting um creative and strong about climate change so if you think about it we the the work we need to do on climate change is so overwhelming we have to change all of our buildings but what if libraries banded together and said you know this is we've done a study this is how many of us could you know if with solar and batteries say this is how many libraries could become zero net energy or throw in geothermal um i think that uh looking forward to where we need to go policy wise is a great idea for libraries to find creative new ways to get more resources cuz i'm thinking that way all the time like for i'm a i'm a member of the uh education and labor committee and the uh subcommittee on K12 schools and i'm thinking that way about schools so i think that um you want to make it as easy as possible for policy makers to give you reason to give you money for good reasons <laughs> so mm. so if you if you think about what needs to be done and don't be shy about it you know what needs to be done in this world and that's one of the most important things and that's going to be here until we solve it we better get solving it very fast so that's that's one idea i have for you you've already touched on this a little bit but what is the best way to create more library advocates like you in congress and not someone who will say oh yeah 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 i've gotten you know 100 strong letters but somebody who will take it to the next level like you have You know, I think the best thing is and I'm going to talk a little bit like post covid. <laughs> okay, cuz we are getting there. We will get there. Um people should invite their member of Congress, their senator and their representative, their senators and their representative individually though to the library. Find a reason, not just that there's some event happening there that's not to do with the library. but an anniversary of library a special program about libraries whatever uh, a groundbreaking um and 
a new study that comes out about the role of libraries. Get them there in person and build a relationship and build relationships with their outreach staff. I mean, the truth is that members of, of the House and Senate are actually looking how busy are people, you know, it's hard to appreciate. But we all are looking for ways to serve our constituents. And I feel like the fact that libraries are so universal, meaning crossing all political lines and all geographic boundaries, means that uh, every member of the House and Senate is a target <laughs> to become a wonderful champion for libraries. Obviously, this month is um, reading month, right? I mean, I went to uh, one of my bigger library systems and I sat down in the kids area in, you know, COVID safe way. It was, they're not having people in the library, so it was easy. And I read some books for kids and they, we videoed it, you know, how about people get, get your representative this month. I don't know when this podcast is coming out, mm-hmm. but get them in there and have them read. I mean, during COVID, especially schools need content, right? Parents need content at home. Their kids are, they're going, everybody's going bonkers, stuck at home. So uh, whatever way you have, I'd say, to get a senator or representative in person, in the library, on a, knowing on a, on a first-name basis a librarian um, in their district, uh, that is, I think, the basis for it. And don't and don't make a big thing between staff and members also, because like my outreach staff in my district, I mean, I'm so close to them. They're so fantastic. And they so, you know, get get them start with them and and they will, you know, if they think, wow, this would be such a great photo op for my member or we need to do more outreach in this community or. This is a politically difficult part of our district. I mean, there's a hundred reasons that a senator or representative might love to do something with their local public library. So I, I, I just say, don't be shy. You got nothing to lose. Build a personal relationship and get them there in person. That's my advice. That wraps another episode of Call Number with American Libraries. Many thanks again to Representative Levine for joining us today. Don't forget to tune in in less than two weeks for our regularly scheduled episode on library senior services during the pandemic. As always, I'm Phil Moorhart, Senior Editor of American Libraries, the magazine of the American Library Association. And this is Call Number with American Libraries. American Libraries.